Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Where's TJ? Hey, man. Hey. Welcome back home. Good to see you. Yeah, praise the Lord. Our prayers are with you. And I tell you, why don't you stand just for a moment? By the way, last night, he's in the Marine Corps, and... Uh, uh, last night, somewhere in the night, time zones are different. Another uh, young man in this church that grew up uh, who's in the Marine Corps, uh, I got a call from him and missed the call last night. But anyway, um, Jonathan Morris. And so would you join me? Let's pray for these young men and for all of our military personnel. Father, in Jesus' name, we join our hearts and our words together right now in agreement. We thank you, Lord, for those who serve. Uh, and stand in the gap between us and the enemy. And Lord, we just pray that you'll bless them. The favor, goodness, mercy, and grace of God will be upon them. Keep them strong. Put angels about them. A hedge of protection. And Father, we pray this not just for TJ and Jonathan, but we pray it for all of our men and women who are in the armed forces. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. A pastor by the name of Greg had uh, gone to preach at a little church on a Sunday night and he came home and when he got home he found his young 10-year-old son Justin. He found him unconscious. Justin had uh, uh, taken a bath and he brought a little television set into the bathroom so he could watch a football game. And he accidentally pulled that cord and the television set fell into the tub with him. And he was electrocuted. And he was unconscious when his dad found him and his heart was not beating and his dad began to do CPR on him. By over, just a few minutes later, the paramedics showed up and they began to do CPR on him. And, but no heartbeat. And somewhere in this process of a frantic, hysterical father, he shouted out, You will not die. You will live in the name of Jesus. And when he did, the paramedic said, we have a heartbeat. And they rushed him to the hospital and they started doing tests on him. He was alive. But the doctors told his dad that he had severe brain damage. And he would, if he survived, would never... Uh, have the mind of anything more than a maybe a four or five-year-old child at the best. But he didn't wake up 
Month after month passed by, and Justin did not wake up. Seven months later, a pastor, praying over his son, refusing to give up, happened to be by his bedside. Seven months later, he opened his eyes. And he woke up, and he looked at his dad. And he seemed to be just completely normal. In fact, he went on to be the president of his high school class. He went on to graduate from UCLA. And after that, he went to Bible school and graduated from Bible school. And God blessed. But it was about three days after he woke up that really got everybody's attention. This 10-year-old boy, Justin, told his dad, he said, Dad, I've been with Jesus. He said, when that television set fell into the bathtub, it was like a mighty angel took me by the hand and rushed me at the speed of light away from my body, as it were. And he said, we went through this tunnel, and he said, and we landed on the streets of gold. And he said, Dad, he said, I've met family members there. And his dad said that his son, 10 years old now, Justin, told him about meeting grandparents that he had never seen, died before he was born, about meeting grandparents, about describing them, and describing what was going on in heaven. And uh, they were amazed at everything he told them. And he said that he met Jesus. And he said Jesus loved him and said he's never felt anything like that before in his life. And he said, and after a while, he said, Dad, Jesus said to me, you got to go back. And he said, why? Why? And this little boy said, Jesus said to him, your father has authority over you. And your father is calling you back. And you have to go back. And he said, Dad, that's when I opened my eyes in that hospital room. And then this little 10-year-old boy said, Dad, if anything like that ever happens to me again, <laughs> don't you call me back. I want you to remember that story. I'll come back to it in a few moments. But last Sunday morning, I shared this with you, but at 7 a.m. last Sunday morning, I rededicated my life. I did some repenting. I renewed my faith. I rededicated my life. I made a fresh new commitment to the Lord. And I know for some of you that may sound strange because you probably don't think pastors need to rededicate their lives, but let me assure you, sometimes they do. I felt like I was a million miles away from God. I have sermons, I have hundreds of sermons on my computer that I could preach to you that I've prepared through the years, but I didn't have a word from God. And I needed to rededicate my life. I felt like God was a million miles away from me and I was no longer hearing the voice of the Lord. 
And I remembered the words of Jesus when he said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, he said, and they follow me. That's in John 10, 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I was not hearing the voice of the Lord. You see, as a Christian, as a child of God, every last one of us, even these brand new Christians that got baptized today, we should be hearing the voice of the Lord and following His voice. That's what the Scripture says. And when I realized I was not hearing the voice of the Lord, I got a little bit desperate. I said it last Sunday, I forgot about preaching, I forgot about you, I forgot about sermons, I forgot about whether I'd do a good job in this pulpit or not, I forgot about all of that, and I started doing business with God. Because I wanted to renew and refresh and rededicate my life. I wanted to hear the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you, friends, from my heart, I love you. Your encouragement is wonderful. The way you speak to me touches my heart. But there is nobody in this house that can compare to the voice of the Lord. I wanted to hear the voice of the Lord, and so I started praying. I rededicated my life. And I have a good news report for you this morning. That's, that's been a week ago. I jotted some of these things down, and I'll just start by an understatement. This week has been a good week for me. Man, I, I really believe that. I really believe when you rededicate your life and you do business with God and you have an encounter with the Lord, I believe things turn around. I, I believe you can have a celebration and be going through hell at the same time. When it's real. This week I've been hearing the voice of the Lord. It's getting louder and more clear every day. Don't you love it when your pastor tells you he's getting right with God? (laughs) That's got to be encouraging to you, hasn't it? Anyway, I, I mean, it's been refreshing I I didn't jot everything down, but some of it I did. These are some things that have happened this week. My tendency to find fault in others has been greatly decreased. Some of you need to hear this. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I've found out that the closer I get to the Lord, the less critical I am of other people. And the farther I get away from God, the more I criticize and become judgmental with other people. And I've noticed a big change in my heart. I'm not talking about you in my heart this week. My fear of the future and the unknown is diminishing. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Whatever happens, it's okay. It's okay. He's in charge. Thoughts of heaven and eternity have taken the place of worry and doubt. Many times this week, I've had moments of joy and peace that have nothing to do with my circumstances. I I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, 33. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And for a week now, boy, I've been focused. And it's, it's enjoyable. 
I've had this great desire all week long to please the Lord, to make sure I didn't do or say anything that would displease Him. These are just some changes that have happened in my life in one week of rededication. My personal relationship with the Lord is being renewed daily. I did it last Sunday morning at 7 a.m. in the morning, but it seems like it's happening every day. Every day. His mercies are new every morning. And that's how, that's how I've been feeling. Not only have I been hearing the voice of the Lord, I've been waking up every morning expecting to hear His voice, and I have not been disappointed. And without a doubt, I have had a renewed desire to obey His Word and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I could go on. Much more has happened. But I just want to tell you the best news of all. Here's the good news. Just one prayer of repentance and renewal and rededication ushered all that in and more. Just, I mean, amazing. It ushered that in. I was reminded of... What the prophet Zechariah said, or what God said to him, he said, therefore say to them, God spoke to Zechariah and said, say to the people, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. I said it last week, friends, some of us are waiting for God to come to us, and he's waiting for you to come to him. The old preachers used to say, you take one step toward God and He'll take two steps toward you, but He's waiting for you to take that step. And I took a step. And it's working. Now, I I want you to know that I believe in a true church, and this is a true church of Jesus Christ. People are getting saved. Lives are being changed. There's growth. There's excitement. There's the holy presence of God. In a true church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there are many different levels of spiritual growth. And there are many different levels of spiritual need. And I understand that we're not all at the same place. And the fact that I needed to rededicate my life last Sunday morning does not necessarily mean you need to rededicate your life. We don't need to get the whole church to rededicate. Some of you may need to join me. Some of you may have already been there. You may be at an all-time spiritual high in your life right now. And if you are, I want to say to you, thank God, praise God, hallelujah. But don't get bored with us who are not there yet. In fact, you should do just the opposite. You should be praying for us. You should be praying for those who are not where you are. You should be instrumental in change. If you're walking closely with the Lord, then you should start praying and ministering and helping and reaching out and touching and speaking life and praying for revival to break out in the church so that every last person in the church is at an all-time spiritual high. I want to share with you one thing that the Spirit of the Lord confronted me with this week. Many things. I, I, really, if you've got time, if you've got a couple hours, I'll share some stuff with you. But right, right now, I'm just going to reduce it to one. I, I felt like the Lord was confronting me with two opposing theological beliefs. 
two opposing theological beliefs. Here they are. Cessationist theology and continuationist theology. Now, you may not have ever heard those exact expressions, and we're going to just leave that up. Cessationist theology and continue. If you just look at them, they almost define themselves. Cessationist theology and continuationist theology. Let me just break it down for you. Cessationists believe there are no gifts of the Spirit available for us today. Those gifts were for the apostolic age, the days of the apostles of Jesus, but not for our day, they have ceased. Cessationists believe that for the modern day church, there is no such thing as a gift of healing. There is no prophetic word for our day apart from the Bible. There is no such thing as the gift of tongues, the gift of miracles, or the gift of a word of knowledge, or the gift of giving, or the gift of discernment, and the list goes on. You know the spiritual gifts of the Bible. All the spiritual gifts we find in the Bible have, as the name says, ceased. That's what they believe. Verses like 1 Peter 4.10, As each one of you has received the gift, minister the same one to another. Those verses have very little application for us today. Because they no longer believe in the bestowing of those supernatural gifts. Full cessationist, there are different levels obviously. Full cessationists argue that along with no miraculous gifts, there are also no miracles performed by God today. And the Holy Spirit does not speak to people apart from the Word of God. If a true cessationist heard someone like me from the pulpit saying, God told me this, or the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this, they would roll their eyes in disbelief and say, not so. So you see, when it comes to the cessationists, they believe that the gifts of the Spirit and the miracles that we read about in the Word of God were very active in the first century and in the establishment of the foundation of the church. But once the foundation of the church had been established, those gifts passed away, they ceased, they no longer exist. Now that may be shocking to some of you to even hear that there is such a theology. But let me assure you, there are some who teach such things. Now the opposite of that is continuationist theology. And continuationist theology believes this. The continuationists believe that the Holy Spirit that bestowed supernatural gifts in that day is still bestowing supernatural spiritual gifts in our day. Continuationists believe that miracles, true, supernatural, otherworldly miracles are taking place. And true continuationists believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to a child of God apart from the Word of God. Not contrary to the Word of God, but apart from the Word of God. 
If the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God to be written, and that same Holy Spirit is speaking to you and me today, He will not contradict Himself. But nonetheless, a true continuationist believes that the Holy Spirit can speak to a person apart from the Word of God, never contrary to the Word of God, but apart from the Word of God, and communicate with a child of God. And now we're right back to where we started. My sheep know me and they hear my voice and they follow me. So, here we go. I'm ready to make an announcement of which one of those, which one of those camps I'm in. I am a continuationist. Yes, sir. I am. I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit's power and mode of operation has not been diminished in the least in our day and time. Wow. Well, now I do need to say something. This, there, I need a clarification here. I believe, this is me now, you have to decide what you believe. But I believe that true spiritual gifts and the proper use of those spiritual gifts and true miracles of God and true moves of the Holy Spirit have almost vanished from the modern day church in America. But not because God has ceased to give it, but because we've learned to live without it. Because we're pretty self-sufficient. Now, I fear that we have become the church of 2 Timothy 3.5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And I'm not just talking about us, I'm talking about the church across America. Now here's where I'm going with all of this. So last Sunday morning, 7 a.m., I rededicated my life, renewed my faith, uh, uh, started hearing the voice of the Lord. And one of the things the Lord did to me this week when He showed up, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and brought to my mind, and I've studied all this theology in the past, and the Holy Spirit brought to my mind these two theological camps and basically I felt like the Holy Spirit confronted me and said, which camp are you in? That was easy. It's not hard. I'm a continuationist. I believe in the continuation of a move of God, of miracles, of the Holy Spirit, of the mighty awesome power of God. I believe that this generation has the capacity to do greater miracles than those of the first century. I believe that. In fact, I even told the Lord, it's in our belief statement. You shouldn't have to ask me that. We believe in miracles. We believe the gifts of the Spirit are for our day. Go back and read the belief statement of River of Life Church. No cessationist would make that statement. Do you know the Holy Spirit can back you in a corner that you can't get out of. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said, if you're a continuationist, why do you live your life like a cessationist? If you're a continuationist, why don't you live like a continuationist? 
Why don't you live like the power of God is still available? Why don't you pray like it's still available? Why aren't you leading this church like it's still available? The Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. said, you believe one thing with your head, but you're doing something else with your actions. Wow. I hope y'all don't run me off after I preach these... After these sermons, I would be terribly disappointed. In fact, somebody called me this week and asked me, I'm serious, where's George? Is George Nelson in the house? George called me. He asked George. He said, when did you leave River of Life? I said, have they run me off and I didn't know it? <laughs> but the Spirit of the Lord kind of backed me in the corner. Why do you live like one way and say you believe the other way? And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said this. You rededicated your life. You're trying to get back to a place where you believed stronger than you do now. Isn't it time you start behaving and living like a true continuationist who believes that the power of God is available for our day? Isn't it time you start praying like that? Isn't it time you start preaching like that? Isn't it time you start acting like that and getting out on faith and believing that our God can do anything He chooses to do? And when we step out on faith. So I want to ask you a question. Let's get back to Dr. Excuse me, Pastor uh, Gary and his son Justin. Do you believe this pastor, uh, and, and the illustration I gave you um, comes out of a John Bevere book, Driven by Eternity, if you want to read it for yourself. But do you believe Pastor Gary just made all that up? Do you believe a 10-year-old boy just made all that up? Do you believe they just took something and exaggerated it and embellished it so that it would sound good from the pulpit? Or, or sound good in a book or illustration? Do, do you believe that God can defy the report of the doctors? Do you believe that a, someone who has not had a heartbeat way too long and the pastor wouldn't, I mean, uh, his dad wouldn't give up on him and he calls him back. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because I do. I believe it in my head. But it's hard for me to believe that with my actions. And I felt like what the Holy Spirit was saying to me is, isn't it time for you to start behaving like you believe? Isn't it time for you to start acting like you believe what you say you believe? Wow. Uh, D.L. Moody uh, was a preacher in the early days of America. Great man of God. You can read all about D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody got saved called into the ministry, started pastoring a church, started preaching, and a few people started getting saved, and some things started happening, and, and it was great. And he had a couple women in his church that kept bugging him about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said, no, I got everything I needed the moment I got saved. No need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they kept on and kept on and kept on, and you know a woman can worry you to the point... 
that you'll do something. He said, I'm going to find out for myself. And so he got before God and he started praying, Lord, if there's a baptism, if there's a special anointing, and I got news for you, call me crazy, but I believe there's a lot of baptisms outside of salvation. I believe God will just keep... Keep baptizing you. Remember, we baptize today. It means to go under, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And, and so he started praying. And one day, he gave his own report. He said the Spirit of God came over him like nothing he'd ever felt in his life. He was saturated. He felt like he was just in the love of God. Biographers, plural, wrote about D.L. Moody. And said after his baptism, he could walk through a factory and never say a word. And people would fall to their knees and start repenting and calling on Jesus and getting saved. Do you believe that? Well, then why aren't we living like we believe that? Why aren't we living like that? Why aren't we praying like that? Why aren't we going after the Lord like that? Brother Charles Watley told me a story, and uh, I asked him, I said, can I share that from the pulpit? And he said, they won't believe you. I said, that's the whole point. He was ministering in Africa, and he and, it's Daniel, right? He and a young man that came to the Lord under his ministry and was called into the ministry and his pastoring. He and Daniel were ministering in a church, and there was a woman there who was blind. Her whole life she had been blind. They laid their hands on her and they began to pray for her. And he said, and they didn't feel anything. And then they moved on. Am I right so far? They moved on and they were praying for other people. And then Brother Charles said they heard a commotion. And this woman's eyes had been open for the first time in her life. She could see. She was excited and scared to death at the same time. Uh, it was a, a, a big commotion. Can you imagine your eyes for the first time seeing. Do you believe? Do you believe that? Because you see, a cessationist would not believe that. But a continuationist will believe that God does such things. And I'm just asking you as a church, if I believe that as your pastor, and you believe that as a people, and if River of Life believes that we say that we believe in miracles, then why don't we start living like what we believe? Yes, sir. A member of this church said, you know, uh, uh, there was a woman over in Alabama that was raised from the dead. I just got to be honest with you. I said, I don't believe it. He said, nope, she was raised from the dead. I said, I don't believe it. He said, I'll give you the name and the phone number of the pastor who who told the story. I said, well, you give it to me. I'll call because I just don't believe it. Now, forgive me, but I'm just saying what probably you'd think, but wouldn't say. I called this pastor myself, and I said, I remember my church says y'all raised somebody from the dead over there. And he said, well, I didn't do it, but she got raised from the dead. I said, really? He said, really, man, you don't have to believe it. He said, in fact, I was there, and it's hard for me to believe. I said, well, tell me about it. And, and he said, a man in his church called and left a message on his cell phone. He said, I've still got it. I refuse to remove it. But he said, I got a message on my cell phone. He said, he, he said, come to the hospital quickly. He said, we need you. My mother has just passed away. 
And he said he was 45 minutes away from the hospital. He said that he drove to the hospital as quickly as he could. He got there, and he said by the time he got there, they had already cleaned her up. They had already had her ready for the family to go in and view the body. They'd taken all the tubes out and everything. And, and he said, we were getting ready to go in the room. And he said, my mother, now he told me, this pastor told me his mother was up in her 80s. She and two more women came running down the hallway And he said, "Uh, I guess you heard. And she said, well, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and told us to come down here and pray for her. He said, Mama, she passed away. Mom said, well, the Holy Spirit wouldn't send us down here to pray for her for no reason at all. And his mother said, we're just going to go in and lay hands on her. We're going to pray for her and God will bring her back to life. And she said, come on. And this pastor told me, he said, Mama, I can't go in that room with you because I don't believe. I don't believe. It would have been hard for me to go in that room. We don't have to be so religious all the time, do we? Can't we get honest with each other? Can't we just talk about who we really are? And he said, Mama, I can't go into that room with you. And he said his mother and two elderly women went in that room and started praying, said you could hear them all over the hospital. And he said they were calling on the power of God. And then he said all of a sudden, he said it went to a new high. They were screaming and shouting and carrying on. And it was so loud, he said we ran into the room and said that woman was sitting up on her bed with her hands in the air. I said to this pastor, I said, really? He said, I know you don't believe because I didn't believe it. But he said, it really happened. I said, well, if it really happened, then I want to talk to her. He gave me her phone number and her name and I called her, but I didn't get her. I got her husband. I said, did you? It's hard to ask somebody this question. I said, was your wife dead and did they raise her from the dead? He said, the doctor pronounced her dead and said, we thought we'd lost her. And then those women came in and changed everything. I said, really? I said, can I speak to your wife? If she was the one, I want her to tell me. He said, this is what he said. He said, said, well, she's not here right now, but you can call back later. So anyway, I called back later. I said, this is awkward, I'm telling you. I said, did they really raise you from the dead? She said, well, I don't know. They say they did. I said, well, well, what do you say? She said, I felt like I went to sleep and I went and spent some time with Jesus. And Jesus spoke to me and told me some things. And I said, well, would you mind telling me some of the stuff he told you? And, and this is one of the things. She said, yeah, there's going to be a great revival in America and it's going to be a youth-led revival. It's going to be a youth-led revival. She told me a number of things that had happened, that happened to her. And, and then uh, she, I said, well, will you come to this church? I said, I'll drive over and get you, and you drive over and you testify in my church. And this is what she told me. She said, no, I can't do that. I said, well, why can't you do that? And she said, because the Holy Spirit spoke to me shortly after that and said, you cannot write a book. You cannot go anywhere. You cannot testify. The only thing you can do is if somebody asks you about it, you can give them a reply. So anyway, 
I said, well, okay. And if you remember what long time ago I shared this and I put her phone number up on the screen. I can look it back up if you want me to so you could call her. I said, can I put your phone number up? And she said, I'll tell anybody that calls me, but I can't come over. The Holy Spirit told me not to do that. Kind of sounds like what Jesus would say when he did miracles. See that you tell no one. But anyway, so I called this pastor back and I said, Pastor, I, I'm still not completely convinced. And he said, well, that's okay. He said, but let me tell you who was convinced. These are his words. He said, the doctor that pronounced her dead showed up at my church the next Sunday, walked down the aisle and gave his heart to Jesus and got saved. Woo! Man! He said, he said, you don't have to believe. The doctor believed. And he got saved and got right with God. Oh, friends. Isn't it time? Isn't it time for us to start believing that God is mighty, powerful, and He's looking for people who are ready? The Scripture says His his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth that He might find those in whom He can prove Himself mighty and strong. Oh, real quickly, one more, and I'll do this in about 60 seconds. I was just told earlier about a man in Africa. Poor man showed up at a meeting, got saved. God put a call on his life. This is happening as I speak right now. He established two or three churches. And as of a couple of weeks ago, he had led 32,000 people to the Lord. 32,000. I'm just asking, isn't it time that we start acting, preaching, teaching, believing, and walking out what we say we believe. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m., in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.